Welcome to Walking Through Glass, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Dana C. Brown, founder of the Leadership Movement, international best-selling author, speaker, and executive coach, affectionately known to my clients as the catalyst because I make shift happen. My purpose in life is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. I wake each morning with the mission to help you lead with confidence, speak with influence, and connect strategically by getting out of your own head so you can lead. And by lead, I mean learn, experience, apply, and develop. Walking through glass, the podcast is not about breaking through the glass ceiling. It's about the struggle we face on our journey walking through the glass, the fear, anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, limited beliefs, negative self-talk, and other BS, you know, belief systems that get in the way of us living the life that we dream and desire. It is time to make the shift to clarity, confidence, and consistency. And today, I am so excited to have a phenomenal guest with me, Miss Elise Ogle, founder and CEO of Tandem Food, LLC. And let me tell you a little bit about Elise. She, again, I have not met, so I'm really, really excited about this, a food technologist. A food technologist. I know I like to eat, but I had never really met a food technologist. So Elise comes with experience in food safety and product development. She founded Tandem Food LLC, a company for food safety, auditing, consulting, and training. Elise has had industry experience with SCS Global Services, Sun Basket, and Nestle Ice Cream Research and Development. Overall, Elise believes food safety can be relevant, simple, and engaging. Elise graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in Chemistry from the University of Texas at Austin and then earned her Master's in Agriculture with a specialization in Dairy Products Technology from Cal Poly St. Louis Obispo. So without further ado... Elise, know <laughs> more about you. Thank you so much for the great introduction. Definitely very excited to be here talking with you. <laughs> I um, it's when I was sitting here thinking about wow, a food technologist. Like, there's so much to learn. That's all I kept thinking <laughs> about. There's so much to learn in relation to what you do and who you are and how the rest of the world works, number one. 
But the truth of the matter is I hadn't really met a food technologist before that I'm aware of. So can you give a little bit what, I mean, I've, I've read the bio piece, but tell us what, what is a food technologist really? Great. I mean, thank you so much for that question. It's it, food technologists. It, it it covers a lot about food, as as you can imagine. I mean, there's the the history of food and the science of food, and just thinking about food for the future as well. So, for example, given our current climate with the COVID nineteen situation, people are purchasing a lot of canned goods, and we of course have to look into history at um, the father of canning and really trying to understand how food scientists have come to develop our food in different ways to kind of support the current situation here. Wow. Like, yes. And, and when you said the canned, you know, goods piece, and for me, because of the high sodium content and a lot of different canned products, I tend to um, go fresh or flash frozen um, to do that. And from the woman's perspective or my perspective, knowing how the younger I've gotten, my body's changed. (laughs) (laughs) I like that perspective. (laughs) Is that how the different things in our food show up? So I've developed certain food allergies and sometimes I just don't feel good after I eat certain things. And I know it's directly related to the food I'm consuming as opposed to other environmental factors and stuff. And in your role and in your work, have you seen women be more impacted by the different, um, I guess, whether it's chemicals or byproducts or processes that are used in food? Sure. I mean, I think for me that it's, it's a very interesting question. Right now, I think that a lot of, of women are, are maybe even more more vocal and they're more observant of, of, of their own bodies as well. That can also be relating to that um, trend here. It's, it's really interesting how um, nutrition can, t- can take a big role. And every body, of course, is very different in how they react to different things. And over time, bodies change. So there's there's a lot of impact and it's it's really hard to kind of measure because there's of course a lot of other influences like environmental influences that may affect uh, someone's body and their food choices so it's and even the accessibility of food <laughs> as you could tell food is it's a huge industry there's a lot that goes into it there there is and i wasn't even like when when i start hearing you talk that just like popped into my head going wait a minute i never even thought about that and even when I think about the relationship to how, again, nutrition, what we eat and our ability to show up, to show up in the workspace, to show up for our family, to show up for our friends. And what I like to say, to walk through the glass. And by walking through the glass, it's really, how are you navigating the journey that you're on? Period. Um, to do that. And so with you, you've obviously had quite a bit of success in this space. So how much of that success do you attribute to like luck or even just hard work? Yes, I definitely love that question. For me, one of the reasons why I love that question is because I think luck and hard work definitely have a big part 
in getting me to where I am today. I mean, I'm definitely lucky to have been born to the parents I was born to and in the place where I was born and have been given the opportunities that I could to succeed, of course, in combination with the hard work that I've put in to to kind of keep moving that progress forward. But I think the third thing that I always think about is having that courage and awareness of knowing when there's an opportunity right in front of me to to seize it. I think that I've been given a lot of opportunity even before uh, today, and I I missed it, or I was I was afraid, and I didn't really want to get out of my comfort zone. And so even though I had maybe the luck to get that opportunity and the hard work to be prepared for it, I hadn't felt ready. And it was really rather recently <laughs> that I was kind of pushed into, um, or not necessarily pushed into, but I felt ready to to launch my own company and to really start helping people in the way that I felt I knew how to best do that. Mm. Congratulations, number one, on taking the leap and, and doing the launch and that that courage <laughs> that it takes to do that and to step into that space is huge. And so I applaud you for for making that that leap. And for any and everyone that's listening, when I think about our choices, because we all have we have a choice, whether we believe it or not. It's true. You have a choice. And so I was like, what if they put a gun to your head? Well, you still have a choice. You have a choice to not do what they say and get shot or to do what they say and not get shot. It's still a choice that you make um, to do that. But it's built upon, like you said, the lessons and the other life experiences that you have had. And that is, for me, so powerful, especially as women, that when we are on the journey, and we're looking at our path. And sometimes when we're choosing the course that we're going to take or not take is that there's these roadblocks, these what I call shards of glass, because there's women that came before us mm-hmm. that broke through the ceiling. And, and I've, I get asked the question um, about walking through glass. And so I decided to start asking all of my guests, when you think of or when you heard the term walking through glass, um, what did that make you think about? as it pertains to your role and what you do? For me, um, in my role and in my field, I think that I have a lot to thank um, for for walking through the glass of the people that came before me. Um, Even in some niche industries within the food industry, there there tends to be a lot less representation of women and women of color and in general. And it's really exciting when I can enter a room and I can see a familiar face. I, I feel a little bit more comfortable and it's just so empowering and and makes me very grateful when there are other women who have walked through that glass before me. I actually pictured walking, like taking steps on broken glass. <laughs> um, and that's that's just how I feel about, about walking through glass. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. I love that. And I, I ask that because I love to see the other visuals because it is like you are walking on the broken, the broken glass and it can go in so many ways. I love metaphors and similar similes and storytelling. And so the way my brain is like set up, I'm like, wow, I could create this whole scene. But when the idea first came to me, 
and it was like a divine download for me is that I was driving and I was on the way to meet a client and pretty um, high performing, um, very visible female leader. And I was reflecting on some of our work and conversations. And this person is dynamic and powerful. And I'm just telling one of the most badass leaders you can kind of imagine, right? But yet when I'm working and we're talking and we're in the safe space, it's all about the fears, the anxieties, and and we spend portion of our time and our work for me helping to put in constructs and strategies and deal with the mindset goes <laughs> mm-hmm. to the job. And so I was driving and I was just kind of going, I don't, you know, what what is this thing? And another person I knew that they had a, a show or something called, you know, women kicking glass, it, you know, all these things type of thing. I go, you know, people keep talking about breaking the glass, but who's dealing with now that it's broken and you're walking on it? Who's mm-hmm. helping people with that? <laughs> and God said, you, <laughs> that's what you're doing. <laughs> and so hence was birth, actually the concept for the book, Walking Through Glass, which will be released in October. And I kept saying, okay, as I'm working on the book and I'm still collecting the stories and it's evolving. And I was doing talk radio at the time and it was like, you know what? what about a podcast called walking through glass? And at first it was like that people are going to think that's weird. You know, like it's, they're not going to get it. And it was still like, no, you helped them get it because it was really relevant. And I, and I wanted the visual um, to be the price that we're walking on, that we're getting cut, but we're still walking because as women, there's nothing more powerful than a woman with a made up mind, period. I'm a firm believer in that. Is that, but, we will still keep moving, especially when it's to serve others, but we don't necessarily serve and support and give ourselves what we need. We don't give ourselves the nutrients <laughs> that we need and we will keep moving and being uncomfortable and, and getting uncomfortable being uncomfortable, getting comfortable being uncomfortable. But yet what we're really doing socially, emotionally, mentally, and physically to our bodies is, is breaking ourselves down. I know that I've been there. I did it. <laughs> and so that's what the walking through glass, whenever I began to think about it and talk about it and now decided to share it even on a bigger scale, because I thought no one's going to get it but me. But I've had these amazing conversations with women that they get it and they have their own take on it, which is what I love. Yes. So that's definitely, I mean, that's a great story and I really appreciate how you've come to realize that it's it can definitely resonate this walking through glass with a lot of people. So thank you for sharing your story and deciding to to move forward with all of your successes and promotions of your your idea because it's definitely an idea that I think a lot of people can get on board with and and really be able to digest and understand and apply to their own lives and move forward in this in this crazy world. <laughs> I love the hacks. I love to me, and people say, you know, um, I call them diva hacks. (laughs) I make (laughs) up names for everything. (laughs) It's like, diva hacks. And and I keep saying that my goal, before I share that hack, is my goal is to do a TED Talk. And I keep saying, and I say this all the time on my shows, okay, whoever's holding a TED once we can, or maybe a virtual TED, (laughs) I want to do the TED talk and I've already prepared it. I practice on my red carpet and everything is that 
the topic is or the of the talk is that who the F is they? They is you. It's time to shut the they up. And my hack to that inner critic and voice who really cuts me more when I'm walking on this journey than anyone else, I call her Heffa. And so I talked to Heffa. And so I said, the book after Walking Through Glass is called Shut Up, Heffa. Inner <laughs> critic who knows that amygdala that knows all your secrets and uses them to protect you or so she thinks, but also discourages you and, and, and that fear. And that's why I say, I applaud you for taking the leap and saying, no, I'm going to form this company. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And still doing it anyway. Thank you. Get a vote. That's why I said, I'm so excited and proud of, of that. And like, cause when you win, I win. And I believe that our collective stories has the power to transform our lives. I, I definitely believe that. And I definitely agree with, with Heffa and the, the idea of that in terms of, <laughs> I love that nickname, by the way, I have to think of my own nickname now. <laughs> I always kind of considered it like an evil twin or something. <laughs> I mean, even as you touched upon earlier, the idea of an imposter syndrome that comes from within that yes. it's, no one else is telling me I'm an imposter. I'm telling myself that. And this, well, the even twin is telling me this, not, not myself. Um, and so it's, it's very interesting for you to articulate that idea. And I'm really looking forward to that book. It's a great title. <laughs> and I, and I have these conversations and I started when I, as a speaker and I go out or I'm doing a training and I started sharing this. The thing is, these are the things that I was doing and people go, I don't think that you, ever get afraid or you lack confidence or anything. And I said, just really how you define it. It's not like confidence, but sometimes I question, you know, and I said, really, it's the heifer. And I just start saying, shut up, heifer. And so I start talking to it publicly because you have to make the unconscious conscious. Because mm -hmm. if I'm going to fight inside of my head, she's going to win. She knows everything. <laughs> that I even, I forgot, you know? And so in that protective phase, she's going to try to put those roadblocks on. So I actually have literally, I mean, it's probably funny. I probably should do a skit on it or a TikTok video. And I have a conscious conversation out loud with the heifer. And I'm like, shut up heifer. Oh, I heard you, but I'm not doing that. I'm going to do this anyway. Oh, you didn't want me to go there? Cause somebody not like me. Okay. Well, well what about this? Watch me walk in the room, heifer. Watch me walk in the room. And I actually don't do this. <laughs> and people were like, I love that. But before I was like, you know, they're going to think I'm crazy. But I got to the point where I truly, honestly am not moved. I ask for feedback, but never validation. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what definitely a good point too. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just, it's just such a good point to me that you're, that you're acknowledging that it, it is, it's a conversation, it's an internal dialogue, but it doesn't have to be kept internal, that you can actually take it outside of yourself. And, and then that's way you can also, as you're already doing, as we're doing, is sharing that with other people to know that you're not alone in these thoughts and that it's important to acknowledge them. Right? It's, and that's how we learn to mitigate um, the triggers. And like I said, I'm a big pre a lover of neuroscience. 
and neurolinguistic practitioner and psychotherapy and psychoanalysis. I'm a super, super fabulous nerd. Just, I, I love everything to do with the brain and learning. And I said, I just decided to take all of these little topics that people think are for, you know, scientists and just make them sexy and bring it to the table. Um, because again, I do believe in therapy. I do believe in coach. I do believe in those other support networks. But what happens when you're there by yourself? How do you learn to process through that situation at that given moment? And so for me, it's about the hacks that I need to get through this in this right now moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, right. Have, haven't you, have you been in that, like you're getting ready to walk into a meeting or maybe you're raising funding or whether you're presenting to a, you know, whatever, and you start to have a real life anxiety panic attack? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty often here. Um, I, mean, I can definitely remember very clearly one time just getting ready for an audit and walking in and realizing that it was, I might have actually bit off more than I could chew. And I was a little bit starting to spiral downward, if you will, and losing that conversation, losing that battle. And I ended up, of course, winning the war and going home, taking names, um, having a really good audit, a very successful audit where everyone was was happy with the result. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with just walking into that bathroom and looking in the mirror and and pretending like the person in the mirror was was somebody else was like the evil twin. And I was telling them like, Hey, you need to back down. Like I got this. <laughs> back down, Heffa, Eloise, Eunice, you know, Eleanor, get away from me. You know, <laughs> it's like, I just, I can imagine that. And, and we often as women don't want to admit that we're having these internal conversations. Mm-hmm. But Definitely. My point is- my thing is why not so my other piece and um i went through a season like i said some dark times <laughs> so he was like how did you get so wise i've been through some shit that's why <laughs> i'm not talking from a point of i read it in doctor's book i've been through some things and what i realized is that couple things. Number one, if I don't love me, how, why, how and why should someone else? Number two, as long as I love me, if you do, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, I, isn't it? I mean, there's no, I just need those two. I didn't even need the number three. I just said, number one, if I can't learn how to love me because I can teach and train and show people how to love me, then then how could I expect anyone to love me? And then on the flip side of that, it was first, I had to love me. And once I got to that point that I love myself so much that if you do, it's a bonus because I'm good because I love me. And it's been wonderful since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually, I actually sometimes think of that. Uh, the image that's coming to my mind is actually, um, the airplane mentality, as I kind of refer to it, where when you're on an airplane and you're listening to the warnings in the beginning or the announcements in the beginning before a flight takes off, one of the comments is to, if the air in the plane is compromised and the, the masks drop down that fill with oxygen, you always have to put yours on first. Even if you have a child, you have to put yours on first and then help someone. You have to take care of yourself first. Absolutely. And 
And to add on to that, because I was doing a lot of flying, I just had to cancel several trips <laughs> um, for for business and um, for um, pleasure, is that one thing that they tell you to do also when it drops down is you got to breathe. So you can have that mask in your hand, but if you never breathe, then are you really, truly, honestly getting the oxygen that you need? That's definitely true that they do say to the, the announcement does include to breathe. And even if it, the oxygen mask doesn't fill or the tube doesn't inflate, there's air coming through and you have to trust that and, and take that first breath. Isn't it? I mean, like I love metaphors and stuff like that. So <laughs> I just, when I'm sitting there and I started to think about that, cause people started to use that and say, okay, remember the oxygen, oxygen mask, oxygen mask. And I was like, okay, great. And so I was flying one day and I was thinking about a talk I was getting ready to do. And when I started to really listen and tune back in, and I realized that no one ever talks about the breath that you got to take to really start the process. And how often are we not taking that breath? We are putting our mask on and we're looking around, but we're not taking the breath because we're still looking at it going, is this really going to something going to really come through here? Like, <laughs> instead of just trusting that. So thank you for that. For sure. Even sometimes just to keep going along with this metaphor, sometimes we're waiting for permission to take that first breath. And that's also kind of a hard thing to, to get over as, as I talked about earlier. If I was ready, if someone, if somebody else was ready to validate me, um, if I was ready, but I realized that it definitely had to come from kind of that internal. Of course, there are <laughs> some barriers to being able to work in the food industry in terms of having to know some general information about food or depending how you specialize. But other than that, I mean, a lot of it definitely comes in terms of those soft skills and you can use your soft skills to to learn whatever technical information you might need to know. But definitely getting that validation that not needing that permission from someone else other than yourself was a big step for me. Why the food industry? I, got, I was sitting there thinking like, what made you go that route? I actually didn't realize uh, the food industry was the right one for me until after my undergraduate degree. I had studied chemistry in Texas. And in Texas, as you can imagine, there's a big push for oil and medicine. And so I felt I didn't want either of those fields. And so I actually took some time off after undergrad. And it really wasn't until I was able to complete a harvest internship at a winery that I realized, oh, there's chemistry in food. And I love food. I eat every day. And it's so interesting to me. And at the end of the day, even if I have a bad day, it's food. <laughs> like we're all eating and we're all happy and content. And so I just really dove into the food industry and it's just so exciting. There's so many different parts to it and it's, I'm still learning. It's, it's been a great ride. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love this because I eat every day and it's the beauty is that you can utilize what you've learned in an area and a space of what you love. <laughs> and that is so rich. And that is sometimes a difficult choice that people make, that have to make, because they'll go, well, here's where I want to go. Because obviously, initially, there's probably a lot more um, earning potential in oil and medicine. 
and people will discourage you and say, oh, don't do that because you can make so much money over here. You know, you can so do all this over here and they want to steer you into that direction. But yet your heart is saying, wow, but man, this would be really cool to use my awesomeness and my superpower um, in an area which I love. And so again, um, that type of focus and that type of saying yes to you is very powerful. Thank you. I mean, I do want to clarify. I, I don't want to take too much credit that I knew food was the answer. I, I definitely had that that time period where I just knew that food, uh, medicine and oil weren't the answer, but I still had to go find what it was that I that I wanted. And so I don't want to uh, definitely uh, ignore that period in my life. I think that was a really good learning period and growth period for me and really knowing or knowing that I had to learn myself rather. And that, well, I want you to take all the credit. <laughs> I want no. you to. Because of your choice. <laughs> the fact that you've had influences and you've had, you know, people, you know, poor, it's again, if we think about a seed and we plant it, it still needs like soil, the light, the water, you know, and various um, degrees of things like that to grow. But yet you, you grew, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's why I'm like, so yeah, take it all in because you took everything in and made something great. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely was not a straight path here. Um, but it's it's been a fun one, and I'm I'm definitely still enjoying it, and looking forward to seeing where else I might end up. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm excited to see that, and um, I don't put this um, so much in my in my bio anymore. And, and I had various reasons and degrees. Why is that? You know, being an educator over 20 plus years, once an educator, you're always an educator. And I was a school principal for nearly 10 years in that, and so to make a pivot and a shift in 2016 (laughs) to say, to walk away from K-12 education and to do and utilize my skill sets differently. Still the same thing. And that's why I had to boil it down with, is it the same thing? And I came down to those three words. My mission, my calling in life is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. How I do it may change, may shift but that is exactly what I'm called to do. And that's what I had gotten clear on. So I stopped getting caught up in the how it was going to look like, but got very focused and confident on the what it is I'm supposed to do. That's great. I'm I'm really happy for you that you were able to get to that point. I, I hope I eventually get to that point one day. It's It seems like such um, an interesting background that you have that you're able to take your experience and grow with it and reapply it, but have that same essential core. And that's, I definitely hope I can do that someday. That's really admirable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And trust me, I might be 29 plus tax and gratuity as my stage age, but in my (laughs) eight years, (laughs) this is growth, right? (laughs) That's great. (laughs) been through some things and I wasn't always here. So stay the course, trust the process, you know, you know, keep growing um, to that and, and keep being curious and testing things out and knowing and just trusting in your gifts 
so that the outcomes that you may get on the other end of it may not look like what you thought it was going to be, but it is what it needed to be for you to go to your next grader. And that's one of the tools. And that's one of like, I guess, kind of the mental hacks that I had to get comfortable um, processing on a regular basis. Cause I'd be like, because this doesn't. And so one day it was like, I said, sit your little self down and just understand this because I'm about tired of you. That heifer was like, why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing that? And how come you, and I would go through that. And so I had to let go to grow. And to get total control, I had to give up all the control, if that makes any sense. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, and because I just had to be in that state of awareness and opportunity. And so it definitely, definitely is going to come. And I know like those little 30 minute chats, they go so quickly. And so, but I definitely want to make sure that before we wrap up, what is one piece of nugget that you want to leave with our listeners about anything on your journey, whether it's food safety, life experience, or hey, just how to keep it moving um, when you feel like you're stuck. Is there anything that you want to share with our listeners um, before we say farewell? Yes, um, I guess for me, what I always kind of remember is that quote, I'm trying to figure out who to attribute it to, but the one when if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially now it's even more relevant, but in, in food manufacturing, sometimes when an issue comes up and you have to make a decision to either toss um, thousands of dollars worth of food, or if you're in the middle of an audit and realize you forgot the standard and now you are referencing nothing, <laughs> um, or if you are on the other side of the audit and you realize there are a lot of programs that need to be updated or just in general going through this COVID-19. I mean, there's, there's so much happening right now and it's, this too shall pass, right? This is, um, we're going through hell and just keep going, believe in, believe in yourself. Um, I believe in God and my family and friends and that's what helps me get through, but I definitely just have to keep going. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Going through hell, keep going keep going that is um that's a perfect <laughs> way to kind of put that in that perfect nugget um to do that and i want to thank how can people find out more about you what to do are you have a social media um you're in followers you're on tinder no <laughs> <laughs> that might be an interesting way to find customers though for food safety <laughs> actually had another person they were talking about how they actually used um, I have one client and for her business how they actually use that platform to um, to curate business for their yeah their business space because it's the perfect you know medium um, to do that so that's a whole nother episode whole nother show whole nother client <laughs> but yeah it might be <laughs> go on your last date and something wasn't right quite right when the restaurant <laughs> or the <laughs> you got but yeah um, to be able um, to do that. But how could people find you? Sure. Yes. I definitely have a website, www.tndmfood.com. And there are also the Instagram handle at tndmfood. And please follow me and 
let me know how I can help you with your food safety programs and any concerns or comments that you may have. Yeah. And I, and, and before I'm closed, I was sitting here thinking what a wonderful opportunity though, that it could be for you about the impact of COVID-19 on food safety and handling and all of that. Have you done any blogs recently? Consider doing any blogs, any other like specific talks in regards to food safety during this crisis? Uh, yes, there's definitely a lot of thought going around about how this is the situation in this current climate. It's going to affect a lot of policies, not just in food, but in the health industry, especially, I'm sure. And so that's definitely uh, stay tuned for those as well. Um, I have a couple of interesting thoughts that I'll be sharing and we'll just have to, I guess, keep seeing what's how this is going to unfold. Oh, okay, good. I just thought about that too. So I will definitely be staying tuned and you can definitely find um, how to reach um, at least in the comment section and to reach out. We'll have all our social media handles there. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Walking Through Glass, the podcast, and know that you have the power and the authority to transform your situation. So get clear about what you really want, which will lead to you being confident about who you are called to be and allow you to stay consistent on how you are called to serve. Until next time, this has been Walking Through Glass, the podcast, and I look forward to you bringing you another conscious conversation. Bye-bye. Here we go. Here we go.